0: Happy Tuesday morning out there, Virginia fans. It's Mike Pittman at Wahoo Basketball joining you guys once again for another edition of the podcast. We've been playing with some names, but I'm not quite ready to reveal yet. Uh, but we're, we're working on some names for this uh, venture. But uh, maybe next week we'll, we'll be ready to roll that out. Uh, with me as always, my co-host, uh, my main man, Phony Bennett. What's up, buddy? How you doing tonight?
1: I am. Uh, I've been better. Uh <laughs> this has been a rough couple of weeks. I mean, we keep winning and and that's very exciting and I'm happy about that, but uh uh I got worries, man.
0: Yeah, I, I tell you these guys just uh keep taking a beating both uh, you know, physically and mentally and and finding a way to win games and it's been something to behold. Uh really excited about the guest that we have tonight. I, I told phony that, that this is like a pseudo celebrity for me. Uh I have been reading like <laughs> <Jeff White's-> pseudo <laughs> Yeah, I, I've been reading Jeff White's coverage since I was a kid. I, I will literally say that um, I would run out and and get the Richmond Times dispatch before my parents even got to it, and I would dig through the sports section to, to find my Jeff White articles. And if, if there wasn't one in there or if the UVA notes weren't in there, I was devastated. Uh, and and here we are. Uh, he's a VirginiaSports.com staff writer, obviously, but Jeff White joined us today. Jeff, thanks so much for taking some time, and I really appreciate you coming on.
2: Well, thank you for having me, and it definitely makes me feel old to uh, hear you say that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, I wasn't like a young kid, but I, I, I was, <laughs> don't, don't feel too old. I, I was, I was pretty young though. Um, but let's just kind of dive right into it. Jeff, a, as somebody that has covered these revenue sports a, as long as you have and, and been covering Virginia athletics, I, I don't think there's been a, a period of, of such sustained play on the national scale as this basketball program has provided the last two years uh, as an alumni and somebody who just is involved uh, you know day to day with this team what has this run you know meant to you over the last two seasons
2: yeah I mean it's it's been it's been fascinating and, and you know fantastic just to have a front row seat for it and, and to be able to go to practice and you know, see a little bit of it behind the scenes as well as the, the stuff that happened on game night. and You know, it even goes back further than the two years. Just to, you know, the first, I left the Times Dispatch in the summer of 2009 and, and went to work at UVA. Uh, Tony Bennett and his staff had come there in, in April of 2009. So they, they were there a few months before. And I'd actually written a couple stories, uh, had covered his press conference for the Times Dispatch, uh, when he was hired and gotten to know him a little bit, but not to the extent I would later on. But just to really see it up close from day one and and, and see it grow a little bit every year uh, into what it's become now and, and to think of what it may still become, it's just been fascinating to, to see it every step of the way. And, uh, you know, if you go back, you may have done this, I think I may have seen you tweet this, but. If you go back and watch his introductory press conference or read the quotes he gave later, you know I know I wrote a story on the eve of his first game as UVA basketball coach when he talked about how this was going to play out and how he was going to build it and how there would be bumps in the road, but if people persevered and stuck with it, that eventually there would be success. It's absolutely uncanny how closely things have followed his plan and what he said would happen and uh you know it's just i don't think that happens in sports or in life that much where someone says "Right, right i'm coming in to do this job and this is how it's going to go and then it plays out almost exactly that way so uh it's just been really cool to watch
0: yeah that's i i've told people that exact thing a, a number of times that it's not just the the introductory press conference but some of the some of the verbiage he used that entire first season, um, you hit the nail on the head. Just the way it's it's unfolded in almost an un- uncanny manner, uh, relative to how he said it would, it's just mind-boggling to me. And it's it's really been just amazing, obviously as a fan to, to be a part of. And I imagine that um, being so close to it, it's 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 pretty incredible as well. Uh, th- yeah, you know
2: his, his. I was gonna say his dad, you know Dick Bennett. Been around the program a lot and, and, you know, he kind of laid out his own timetable, which in some ways was a little more specific than Tony's. And, uh, you know, he pinpointed year three as, as a year that, uh, you know, there should really be a significant breakthrough. And, and he, you know, predicted that before Tony had coached his first game in Virginia. And, and you go back and look and the first season was 15 and 16. The second was, Sixteen and fifteen, and there were lots of peaks and valleys. But then, year, th- year three, things started to really come together. And uh, you know, once again, it, it was just uncanny how everything kind of went according to the timetable that uh, the Benet thought it would.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's, it's been unbelievable. And um, let's talk about the sustainability of that that for, for a bit. Um, you know, what do you think about? I don't know, maybe the two, like Jared Reuter, uh, the 2016 recruits, and what, what Tony and, and the staff has done to kind of keep this momentum going. Uh, like, what kind of kid, other than from a character standpoint, w- which is obvious, do you think Tony is trying to bring in here to, to make this run continue? Well, I mean, I think he,
2: want, he wants talented players, you know, obviously the way all coaches do, but I, I think he's very particular, uh, and he's not going to take shortcuts, and he's not going to make a compromise He's not going to compromise on character uh, just for talent. And I think he's probably different in, than a lot of coaches in that regard. Um, you know, I, I know some people think with the success that the program has had that maybe that means Virginia is going to get involved with more McDonald's All-Americans and more, you know, four and five-star recruits. And it could mean that, but they're going to have to be the right players for the program. I know he and his assistants are not going to just take a recruit because he's, you know, a sensational talented player. There's more that goes into it that, and the players are so like-minded and, and there's such a good chemistry on the team among the players and with the players and the coaches that, uh, you know, he's not going to risk disrupting that. And, uh, you know, having people who maybe put their own interests ahead of the teams. Uh, he's not going to take chances on those kind of guys. So, you know, I don't know if even if the program continues to win at this clip that that means in three or four years the program is going to be loaded with McDonald's All-Americans. You know, I think if he continues to win, there will be kind of a steady increase in the talent of the players in the program because I think the program is, is appealing to more and more players. There's lots of national exposure, and and Tony himself gets lots of good press. So, that, you know, that'll mean good things. But I don't think he's going to compromise what he stands for. And because of that, I think the program will continue to play well.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see him going after the one-and-dones. I mean, I'm not even sure – that such a thing would work with this squad i mean the, the way the guys hey i think that the defense is a lot more complicated than most and so uh trying to bring those guys up to speed like i mean yeah someone like okafor could help us but right w- would he play the defense that that tony wants to see no he doesn't
0: play a liquid defense now
2: <laughs> you know i mean the one and guns are just uh, that's just a dangerous high risk high reward situation and You know, I remember when Georgia Tech got burned with it when they had the one and done point guards and, you know, as long as you could replace the one guy who left with a point guard of comparable talent, then it might work. But the first time you missed big in recruiting and I remember, I don't remember the players, but I know Georgia Tech missed big one year and all of a sudden you've lost that elite point guard and you brought in another one who's supposed to be that guy and he isn't, then there's a cumulative effect. Uh, on the program and you know one and done can work for some programs i don't think that's uh you know a long-term solution for virginia and i think there are mcdonald's all americans there are four and five star recruits who would be great fits at virginia and, and uh, i know the staff will go after those guys but i don't think they're ever going to be a staff that just recruits according to recruiting rankings or stars or anything like that and You know, people, I I think that stuff is overblown anyway. I mean, a lot has been made on ESPN about the number of McDonald All-Americans on Duke as opposed to Virginia. But if you look at this closely, this is not a talentless group of players on the Virginia roster. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon is as talented as as 99% of the guards in the country, and if you know, if he wasn't rated out of, highly out of high school, then that's the recruiting analyst's fault. That's, that's, he's not some, you know, sleeper or some, you know, diamond in the rough. I mean, he, he was a man coming out of high school. And if he wasn't root, rated more highly, it was probably because he was going to Virginia rather than Duke. And, you know, a couple of the guys we've seen recently from Duke and Carolina that were McDonald's All-Americans out of high school, those guys, aren't in Malcolm Brogdon's league right now. And, you know, that's just a fact. And, uh you know, that is such a political process with the uh, McDonald's All-Americans and the stars that get assigned to players who commit to those schools. that you know, right. I, I don't put a ton of stock in that. Right. Well, that's
1: when we know we've made it, when, you know, if we get a uh, commit from, from a guy, if he gets an extra star added uh, yeah. next to his name, that's when you know Virginia's hit the big time.
0: Well, and you know, the- I, I, I
1: Go ahead, I'm
0: sorry. That's okay. Brogdon was the you know Gatorade State Player of the Year and and, and brought his team to the highest level uh, state championship in Georgia. Uh, he is certainly a, a very well-known commodity, and, and Virginia's players, a lot of them fall right under that McDonald's All-American category. Mike Toby would have soared up. I mean, he was, I think he ended around the 60 or 70 range, but a, a 6'11 guy in high school that had that kind of offensive ability, there's plenty of teams that, that would have loved to have him uh, it's just he committed early. I think once these guys commit yeah. early, you know.
2: And and it depends who you commit early to. And this may change if, if you know, if, if Coach Bennett has continued success, which I think he will at Virginia, then, you know, a kid committing early to Virginia is going to be rated more highly in years to come than maybe he would have been two or three years ago. Right. But, uh, you know, for now, if a kid commits to Duke and he's a 10th grader, there's a pretty high probability that he's going to be a McDonald's All-American because people are just going to make the assumption that, well, if Coach Gay wanted a kid this young, he must be something special. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy or whatever that term is.
0: Well, this character that that, that we're talking about that is a non-negotiable, a lot of uh, uh, you know my buddies or the, the other bloggers and, and tweeters and stuff uh, that we talk to, we've all been a little... Surprise that Virginia has found a way to to just continue winning over this stretch where the offensive play hasn't been very good uh, at times anyways, and obviously we, we we're missing our leading score uh you know that those kind of intangibles and just the sheer energy and effort that these guys play, especially on the defensive end is what has allowed this team to keep winning uh Jeff in your opinion um you know. Is there a problem offensively right now? And if so, what is it? And uh, how do they go about fixing it?
2: You know, that's a great question. I, I mean, there I don't know if I'd term it a problem, but obviously things are not running as smoothly at that end of the court as they were early in the year when Justin Anderson was in the lineup. And, yeah, I think there's just been this, you know, trickle-down effect that now, not only are you taking Justin out of the lineup at his production, you know, his absence allows teams to cover Malcolm a little bit harder, a little bit more closely, uh, and the same, same with London when he's in there. So, you know, open looks they might have gotten early in the season because teams had to respect Justin, and what he can do are no longer as open, and, and they're having to work harder to get their shots. Uh um, yeah, I think the big guys have done a really good job. Uh, Darion has made remarkable strides as an offensive player. And Anthony Gill is just relentless in there as an offensive rebounder and around the basket. And Toby has his moments. Uh, but on the perimeter, uh, you know, it's been a struggle. And, and I think going into this season, everyone knew the one thing this team lacked was just a lights-out jump shooter and, you know, Justin su- supplied that for a good part of the year when he was healthy. He he was starting to dip a little bit his percentages before he got hurt. But you know, he has had a terrific year shooting uh, the three pointer. But it- it's not a great three point shooting team, and the fact that Evan Nolte has has really struggled hasn't helped either. I and mean, he's a guy who came into the year, uh, you know, with a resume of having made three pointers. Uh, you know, Makes not nice. always consistently but you know he's made some big shots in his career and you know if if evan not depend at all on evan but if evan were having the best season of his college career right now and was a guy you could count on to hit two or three three pointers a game then the offense would probably look a little different and teams would have to come out and cover him which would open things up for his teammates
1: yeah somebody brought this up on twitter the other day uh but could you imagine curtis staples on this team Um, just having a guy like him, because I I don't remember how that came up on Twitter, but we were talking about just that, like getting that three-point shooter and and just how much that would change everything we face.
2: Yeah, you know, there's a guy, people I work with have heard me say this, they're probably tired of it, but, you know, when Taylor Barnett left, I said, this is a bigger deal than people think, and I know there's a lot on the Internet, well, well, he's not an ACC player, it's no big deal, and, you know, I think he was an ACC player. He may not have been an ACC starter, but he had, he had a skill and it's a very valuable skill. And, you know, I think he would have continued to get better as a player as well. I mean, he was growing into his body. Uh, he wasn't a great defender, but he probably would have gotten better. He was a, a a talented shooter and he wasn't afraid of the moment when he came in the game. And, uh, you know, he would have had a role on the team and, and obviously it wasn't the role that he wanted, but I think if Taylor had stuck around, he'd be a guy that they can put in when, you know, the other team goes to his own and, and he would have had a field day with some of the looks that, that the outside guys can get because, you know, the inside guys are so good now that the, the defenses have to play them differently than they did Asan Sen or even Akeel Mitchell earlier in his career, when you know you really didn't have to give those guys the same kind of attention that you have to give, an Anthony Gill or Mike Toby or Darian Atkins now. So um, yeah, it'd be nice to have a Staples Keith Frill was another guy I thought about. Can you imagine oh, yeah. him on this team? You know, a guy who is just you know a dead eye shooter. So um,
1: you yeah, know, nobody wants to be that that specialist role player anymore, though.
2: No, they don't. And, you know, you, you know, one of the things that Coach Bennett has talked about, you know, the last couple of days in response to questions about Darian Atkins is how, you know, he, like Jerome Mancy and, and Mustafa Farrakhan and a couple other guys have just kind of stuck with it and been rewarded in their final seasons, uh, with really big years and, and, and important roles on the team. And, you know, that, that's not, that attractive a proposition for whatever reason to, to a lot of players these days, which is unfortunate because I think, you know, when guys do stick it out almost always, you know, invariably they get an opportunity at some point in their career. And, and if they've improved, they could really have an impact late in their career. But, you know, people want to leave and people want to go in, in search of bigger roles. And, and you, know, you wonder if some of these guys who've left over the years regret it. I would imagine you know, some of them do when they see what the program has done without them.
0: Well, along that along that vein, Jeff, uh, what do you think about Devin Hall's play so far this season, his role on the team so far this season? And, and if, he, if he had to play, you know, I, I suspect that London's going to play Wednesday night, but uh, if he had to be injected in for a lot more minutes, um, you know, how do you think he would perform right now? There's been a lot of debate about Devin.
2: Yeah, you know, I think it's, it's a little difficult to project how he would do. You know, I think he probably learned some valuable lessons last night. He he made some good plays. At the same time, he admitted when I talked to him after the game that he had struggled a little bit in the half court. Uh, you know, I think in part that's because he hasn't really been in that situation much. And, and with Brogdon and London out of the game, uh, you know, Florida State was eager to apply pressure to the new guys coming in the game, and they did a good job of that. You know, I think Devin struggled at times to get the team into its offense quickly. You know, On the other hand, he had a really nice drive for a reverse layup that put the team ahead to stay. He had one assist. He could have had two others. He made a nice pass to Toby on an inbounds play, and he had another one to Darion where I think Darion got fouled. When he was going up for a dunk. So, uh, you know, there was some good and some bad for Devin and, and I imagine he'll learn from that experience and the coaches have gone over it with him and looked at the film and, and, and told him what he needs to do if he's in that situation again. So, yeah, I, I think he's a talented, talented player and, uh, it is difficult, I think, for guys coming off the bench, you know, in general, but particularly if their roles you know, vary from game to game and they don't play sometimes and other times they're thrown in there. But, you know, I'm encouraged by what he did against VCU and, and what he did at NC State what he
0: was thrown in there. Absolutely. Uh, where do you stand? I, I, gotta get your opinion on, on the, on the whole boring basketball stuff. I know, um, you know, Tony had to, had to even comment briefly on it, even though I'm sure that, uh, he didn't want to even breach the topic, but you know, I, I'm sure your opinion is similar to, similar to ours, but with all this publicity that the that the program is getting for uh you know essentially being bad for basketball uh, where where would you uh where would your opinion be on that subject
2: I, mean, I just think the whole debate is a little bit silly right now and uh, you know I think a lot of the people doing it have not really watched. You know, Virginia play and I'm not really familiar with the style, but I mean, you would think from reading, you know, some of these things and listening to some of these people that Virginia runs a modern version of the Princeton offense and is trying to milk, you know, 35 seconds off the clock on every possession, which is, you know, which is not the case. Uh, you know, I've contended all along is that what slows these games down. And what keeps the scores down is the fact that opponents have such a difficult time getting good shots early in the shot clock. I mean, if other teams want to speed up the game, they're welcome to take shots in the first five, ten seconds of of a possession, but they're not going to get a good shot. And we saw that again last night, that how hard Florida State had to work time and again to get a good shot off. And and in a lot of cases, it worked, it worked, and still didn't get a good shot off. So, You know, the fact that Virginia plays such good defense, just that's slowing things down much more so than I think anything, you know, they're doing on offense, Um, though they do look for good shots and they're not running around willy-nilly and just jacking things up. But, you know, this is a team with, when he's healthy, one of the two or three most exciting players in college basketball, Justin Anderson, and You know, there's plenty of other guys on the team who make plays at the rim. I mean, who had more dunks last night? You know, Virginia or the team that most people would say is a much more athletic team, Florida State. I mean, there were, you know, Malcolm had at least one. You know, Darion had that putback at the end of the first half. Anthony Gill had dunks. You know, these guys dunk regularly. They make exciting plays. Uh. You know, so I, I don't put, I think the whole debate is a little bit ridiculous. And I think, you know, a lot of really intelligent basketball people, particularly Tony Bennett's peers, uh, you know, have, have spoken up to say how much they admire him and how much they respect what he's doing, even if it's not necessarily for them.
0: Yeah, Phony, uh, we haven't had a chance for you to really discuss it on air. Do you have anything you'd like to chime in on the uh, on the haters?
1: well yeah i mean i i think you know you kind of uh touched on it jeff i mean the the people that are complaining the loudest just don't watch virginia basketball they might look at a box score or, or you know look at a ken bom oh that game was you know 56 possessions that had to be a terrible game but you watch it you you don't see we're not stalling if the shot's there if it's a great shot we're, we're gonna take it you know we're gonna work, work for a good one and then like you said on defense i mean the the possessions are just longer not not to mention the lack of fast breaks by the opponents uh you know means our yeah. average possession time is going to lengthen so i mean it's uh that's what you know. Mark Titus has, uh, you know, I think, become a hero among the the Wahoo faithful. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, he's, he's the one that is <laughs> talking about how oh, beautiful oh. it is. And uh, you know, I, I I've been I haven't talked too much about it even on Twitter just because I thought the response from other coaches and from the talking heads that I really respect and from the the sports writers, you know, you guys and and Jerry, uh, David Teal had a really good piece on it. Uh, you know, have really covered. Yeah, you know, all, all the topics so i i think uh you know in in, in the end we, we just have to continue to be successful and, and people will like it and we're also going to pick up haters along the way just because we're successful and that doesn't necessarily mean there's anything about our game they don't like but they're going to find something because that's what happens uh,
0: because it's different i mean that's the way it works yeah yeah so. and
1: i mean there's just people are being just very very selective too and
2: you know i'm not quite sure other than the fact that you know the team has been so successful, kind of why it's being singled out you know for criticism, I mean right now I'm looking at the box score, and Louisville has twenty eight points you know with ten minutes to go in the second half and uh you know that Pacino you know, is a proponent of you know up and down basketball, he wants the fast break he just isn't able to do that in every game and uh yeah, but, Phony, but, you brought up that point. I mean, the transition defense is a huge thing, too, because a lot of these teams are just used to getting, you know, lots of points each game oh, yeah. on easy, fast break things. And, uh, you know, you take that away from a team and make them work, and it's tough. And I'm sure these teams dread playing Virginia because it's just not fun. You know, you have to work at both ends of the court uh and you know, you're playing defense and you know, you have to defend all those things and then you come around and you have to work and you know, you want to get up a quick shot and you can't. So I think it's a frustrating experience. I wouldn't be surprised if it if it's gotten into the heads of some of these players and teams that, oh boy, we gotta play Virginia now. I mean it is a little bit like I think when people used to have to defend the really good Princeton teams, it it would be you know, psychologically, they would not be excited about that because they knew they'd have to work, you know, on the defensive end for almost the whole shot clock. Uh, so, you know, and, and if, if, if the who's are in people's heads, it's better for, you know, it's good for the program, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I tell you, the number one thing that stands out to me, and I, I watch a lot of college basketball, but I think just as, the, as, as a casual fan, the thing that jumps out the most to me is, is shot selection. On offense, I really, like we've all said, I don't feel like we we, we do anything to drastically try to slow it down. But I watch other teams, including top 25, you know, super talented college basketball teams. And I cringe at some of the shots that get put up. And it's just it's just not shots that we take. And, you know, I I think there's just a level of responsibility and taking a good shot makes a game look ugly. Then, you know. So be it. I mean, that's, that's, uh, yeah, I got absolutely no problem with that at all. Oh, I I
1: tell you when, when Tony first got here, like I would sometimes get frustrated by our long offensive, uh, possessions where not much was happening, but now I find myself getting mad when we take a shot five seconds into the shot clock. Like you settled for that. Like, what are you, what are you doing? So I, I've kind of come around on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jeff, while I got you, I got to ask this question to us, uh, you know, guys that don't have quite the access that you do we're always dying to hear about the guys that are, that are practicing and, and not playing uh from your opinion as someone who's seen a lot of practice uh give us a little scouting report on Darius Thompson on how he's developing and obviously Jack Salt as well
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think Darius will be an impact player you know on the defensive end he, he just he's he's long and athletic uh and you know he's learning the pack line, but he's had the benefit of the year. You know he will have had the benefit of the year, which which I think will be a huge asset for him. And he came from a program in Tennessee that that played really good defense. Uh, you know, offensively he's very talented in the open court and and getting to the basket. And and you know I don't think there's anyone on the roster right now any worth close. So Malcolm has his kind of powerful drives to the basket and. He's hard to keep out of the lane if he wants to get there. But that's kind of more with power than it is with, uh, you know, by juking guys and getting in there. And, and Darius is very talented at that and can finish at the rim. And, and he's really good in transition. It'll be interesting to see, you know, if Coach Bennett tinkers with things at all or how he tinkers with things next year to try to take advantage of that because, uh, Darius can really get out and run, and he can finish at the rim. Uh, You know, I don't think there's another player really comparable to him on the roster right now. You know, his outside shot, as others have noted, is a work in progress. He's better now than he was when he arrived, but he's not going to make anybody forget, you know, Joe Harris at this point. So, you know, that'll be something he continues to work on, but he's a headache player. Uh, you know, good teammate has good court vision and, uh, you know, can really get by defenders. And, and I think with his length on the defensive end, he could really be, you know, a game changer. I mean, you could, they could put out some combinations of players next year, you know, with Malcolm and Darius and Shayok, and Justin, you know, some really long guys on the perimeter that, that are going to make things tough for other players. Uh, you know, Jack Salt is just, He's a really really hard worker and conscientious kid who, who's gotten better uh, i mean he he was and is a project but in a good in the good sense of the word I mean because he has the tools to become a really good player I just he's had to play catch up i think in terms of basketball know-how and just in terms of repetitions but he's a big strong kid he's a willing learner, his teammates love him uh, his coaches like his enthusiasm and you know I think the fact that you know, as long as people stay healthy, he will not have to take on a huge role next year, you know, with Toby and Gil and Isaiah Wilkins, you know, and Loder coming in, uh, you know, that that helps him. He's not going to get thrown into it next year where he has to be a guy who plays 30 minutes a game for the team to do well. So, you know, I, I expect him to, you know, have a role next year and continue learning and and then be be ready when Toby leaves uh to take on a, a real significant role in two thousand sixteen because you know he is a center. Uh you know, there's no question he's not a guy you look at and say, well he's a forward or a stretch four. I mean he is a low post player and a low post banger.
0: Yeah, he he seems like he's a five through and through. Uh offensively, uh what do you think about Jack? Just real quick. Is he showing a a, a little bit of touch? Is yeah, I mean, he, he, a...
2: he works, you know, he works on a, his jump hook, and, and you know, he, he's he got a nice, soft jump hook. You know, I think he's going to be kind of a garbage man around the basket, at least initially, a guy who finishes, uh, you know, for layups and dunks and jump hooks. I don't think he's necessarily going to step out and shoot face-up jumpers early in his career, at least, but... uh you know, I think he'll just be an opportunistic scorer. I don't think the offense will necessarily run through him early on, but, uh, you know, that's a part of the game that, that can develop. But he, he, you know, he's so big and strong that, and the jump hook is just so difficult for people to stop that, you know, that's a shot most big guys can get off. So if he continues to work on that, I, I think that'll be a real weapon for him.
0: Well, that's yeah. good stuff. I really love hearing about, uh, hearing about the guys that that, that we don't get to uh, see, and uh, I think that they're going to be uh, really, really key pieces moving forward. Phony?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing I've heard about Jack and, and Jeff, I mean, you can uh, hopefully back this up, is that he's just coachable. And, I mean, with this uh, administration, if you've got a coachable kid, he can go really far.
2: Yeah, he, he is coachable. He's just so appreciative of everything. You know, the, the American college athletic system is unlike anything in New Zealand, so I think he has just been a little wide-eyed the whole time he's been here, but, you know, things that maybe American players could take for granted, uh, you know, the amount of gear they get and so forth, I mean, he, he he is just, you know, I think he marvels at it sometimes, and he's just, he's so thankful for everything, I mean, he, literally he says thanks to everyone he comes, you know, in contact with, he's the most polite kid you could ever meet, and, uh, you know he appreciates what the coaches do for him what the you know what mike curtis the strength and conditioning coach does for him what the equipment guys do for him uh just all across the board i, th- I think he's really enjoying the experience and and he's eager to learn and you know he has no illusions that he knows anything about basketball so he's just a you know really willing learner which is which is a great situation when you have a guy with size and talent and an attitude like that um I think it really accelerates his improvement when he's got that kind of mindset.
1: Yeah, I think the fans are going to love him.
2: Oh, yeah, he'll be a fan favorite, there's no question. Yeah,
0: I no agree. No question. So, uh, let's go back to this year, Jeff. We're 25-1, and 13-1. Uh, you know, looking like we're in a great position to potentially get a one-seat again. Uh, this team contends for a national championship, if what? You tell me you know, what needs to happen for for us to actually be uh, looking at a chance at the hardware in March?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious one has just got to be healthy. I mean, there's an element of luck involved. And, you know, we saw that with the team, the first team that Coach Bennett took the NCAA, and that team was, you know, running on fumes by the time it got to the tournament. And, you know, I, I think it's true for almost any, any of the elite teams around the country. I mean, they need to. You know they they want to be peaking the postseason, and part of that has to do with the healthier players. So, you know, getting Justin back, getting London back. Um, but you know, I think this is a team that's capable. Uh, you know, of winning any game. I mean, obviously, there are teams out there that can get hot and can you know have a big night against the pack line. But uh, this is such a solid team and such an experienced team, and. You know, I don't think the importance of experience can be overstated in postseason. And I think what the team went through last year will benefit in the NCAA. I mean, that was that was kind of that was a new experience for all these guys, and there were some jitters I think in the Coastal Carolina game. And with you know all these guys, other basically than, than Mario and Isaiah, haven't been through it. Uh, you know, I think when tournament time comes, that that's going to mean a lot. And, you know, the team also went into the ACC tournament last year with that whole, you know, the streak of not having gotten to the semifinals since 1995, and, you know, that was a big deal, and uh, it, it, they've moved past that, so there's there'll be less baggage to deal with, I think, going into the postseason this time, which will help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I it's a tournament format. I mean, it's it's impossible to predict. Anyone can get hot at any minute, but... I sure like uh, you know a team that becomes a, as hard to score against as this team is. Uh, you know, you like to like you like to uh, take their chances in a, in a atmosphere like that. Uh, I don't want to keep. Yeah, I scared.
2: mean, I, the shooting. I mean, shooting's going to be an. I mean, as good as the defense is too. I mean, you're going to have to make some shots. You know, the other team's going to play good defense too. In most cases, particularly when you get past. You know, the first round. So, I mean, but if the team's shots don't start falling, then it, it's going to be hard to make a deep run. I mean, you're going to have to make some three-pointers, but yeah, I think there are guys on this team that can. And, and, you know, I know London can. I know Malcolm can. Uh, you know, Evan has proven in the past that he can. He, he's going through a tough stretch now, but I know he's working hard to, to try to get out of it. Uh, Justin was shooting lights out early in the season. You know, so he's another option to do it. So, uh, you know, there are people who can do it, uh, but there's the offense is going to need to be there with the defense too, obviously.
0: I, I, I agree 100%. And before we let you go, um, I, I got to ask, we, we haven't won in Winston-Salem since what, 2000? Do we, 2000. do we, do we win Wednesday night?
2: You know, I, I certainly think so. Just, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I would, if I were betting, I would not bet against this team because I think it's kind of risen to the occasion almost every time. And, uh, you know, these guys know it was a close call in Charlottesville, and that game easily could have gone Lakes' way. Um, You know, but they're going to be very aware of the big guy whose name I can't really pronounce, the the Greek 16 guy with all those three-pointers. So, you know, I think – you know, he will figure prominently in the scouting report and in the game plan this time. So I, I, I would guess he's going to get a little more attention than he did the first time. So, you know, I like the chance. I think it'll be tough and, you know, I don't know if London plays how much, how productive he'll be. You know, if he's wearing a mask, that can be problematic for guys. It can affect their shooting, but you know, this team will compete. Uh, you know it's competed all season and and you know it, it, I don't expect this team to get rattled you know if there's adversity down there, so uh you know i i I'm, I'm looking forward to the games
0: i agree I, I don't uh i would I would not bet against this team uh with my enemy's money i mean it just uh <laughs> they just fight and scrap and 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 find a way to compete night in and night out uh well jeff, I don't want to keep you much longer, buddy, I appreciate the time um I hope you'll join us again sometime in the future. And if you haven't folks listening to this, if you haven't checked out Jeff's podcast, he had London Perrantis on last week, it's outstanding stuff. So make sure to go give that a listen at Virginia sports.com and, and Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. And I hope you can uh, hop on again with us sometime soon. I, I look
2: forward to doing so. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, thanks a lot, it. buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. That All
0: was right. Jeff White. I mean, uh, Outstanding stuff from Jeff, as expected. Uh, he, he is just uh, a fountain of knowledge, and I'm, I'm extremely jealous of his position. Uh, oh, can Phony, you imagine
1: having that kind of access?
0: I know. It would, I, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. So, Phony, how, how are you expecting Wednesday night? I mean, th- this is a, a road team somewhere, obviously, we haven't won in, in an awfully long time. We might be down a point guard. We're down our leading scorer we eked out a win a couple weeks ago uh hell not even a couple weeks ago what do you think needs to happen for us to to keep on winning all
1: right first of all i think the fact that we haven't won there since 2000 is is curious but i i don't think it's going to it's something that's going to get to the guys i i just don't don't see uh, tony's teams uh worrying about that kind of thing uh, that said there, there's every reason to worry about this game especially after uh, yesterday's activities. So uh, it, it depends on who we're able to put on the court. And, you know, again, if you've got a big that can shoot the three, uh, you're going to, you, you know, you might be able to compete with us. And, um, you know, if our offense isn't clicking, they're going to be able to compete with us. So we need to have one of a few different things go right from us. We either need to be able to shut down their outside shooters. We need to start hitting outside shot. Saw- outside shots ourselves. Um, if neither of those happen, then our defense is going to have to be really, really good to get out of there with a the win.
0: Yeah, I, I, I know these teams are going to so much pick and roll with the bigs and or pick and pop with, with the four men that can shoot it, and, and those are the two things that we've shown a little bit of, uh, You know, I don't want to say weakness because nothing about our de- defense is weak, but maybe a little bit of vulnerability too. Uh, I, I'm really interested to see how Tony changes the game plan to compensate for, for Matoglu or however you pronounce it. And if Wake uh, tries to, to come at us with something a little different to, to free him up uh, even more, you know, Devin Thomas, who, who is their best player, was an absolute non-factor uh, against Virginia, but he, he is always a much better player at home. Wake is always a better team at home. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be another tight one. I, I'm very curious to see what Vegas says on the line, but uh, I think it's going to be another... Um, you know, gut wrenching, down to the last few possessions, uh, type of game, and uh, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we run away with it. And, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, I don't see it being anything but close. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, you know, again, if we if we start getting hot and and all that, but um, I, I still think we win. I mean, this team just keeps finding a way to win, and that's the kind of thing you you, you just can't put enough value on. I mean, they, in, in the tournament especially, uh, that's going to be huge. But. uh you know, if if we can make the proper adjustments, which I think we both trust our coaching staff to uh uh to, to be able to make really good game adjustments, particularly in saying, Okay, this is a guy we don't we're not gonna let go off on us and, and so if last time it was Devin Thomas, if this time it's uh the the guy whose name nobody can pronounce, uh, you know, maybe we shift up a little bit and put our attention on him. I mean we can we, we can shut down whoever their best player is and then beyond that you make the rest of the guys beat you and uh uh you know it's going to be tough
0: yeah absolutely um you know we've already locked up the double bye, uh which is crazy at this point but these next what is it three games left um you know i'm very interested to see you know two road games one at the uh, carrier dome which we've never been uh one against wake forest uh tech at home oh there's four Uh, Yeah, tech at home, and then we have three of the next four on the road. That's basically what I was getting at. So it's going to be interesting to see all this luck. I don't want to call it luck, but all this ability we've had to kind of scrape out wins at home, are we going to be able to do the same thing here with three or four on the road in in some pretty tough environments?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this might be the the most challenging game we have remaining on the schedule at this point and that's you know quickly things have been very fluid in the last 24 hours but if london's not 100% like even if he's out there he's going to be wearing a mask and and with your point guard you worry about peripheral vision and all that so you know i i worry about him whether he plays or not like what that impact is going to be and and the way that wake has kind of built uh uh, to compete with us uh that's a big worry you know virginia tech that that shouldn't be a problem at senior night um you know i think we got that one syracuse is going to be a very tough game uh you know christmas has uh, been playing well and i think the team that played against louisville is the same team that we're going to get when we play them uh and and with louisville other than it being senior night they're not looking as uh punishing as they were certainly at the beginning of the season when we got this schedule uh so you know, I could see us dropping one, potentially two. You know, we can, we can also win out. But, uh, you know, finishing with three or four on the road, that's, that's tough.
0: Yep, and uh, it, it'll just hopefully put us in a good position going into the ACC tournament when we're back and healthy. Uh, it, it's going to do nothing but get these guys a little bit more battle-tested. Uh, well, I appreciate it. Uh, I think we've probably hit the limit uh, for tonight, but um, I appreciate everybody joining us phony any final thoughts
1: no man i mean i you know we're we're both very uh, curious as to see how, how the end of the season shapes up and we've certainly been thrown some curve balls at the end with all these injuries but uh, you know you got to look at the big picture and and we're we're looking at the the tournament the ncaa tournament and and i think things are still coming together for that so uh nothing has gotten us off track we continue to win we're 25 and 1 no matter you know all this bad news that we're talking about we're still 25 and 1 so i uh, it's a good time to be a wahoo and uh i'm i'm excited about what the future holds
0: amen brother every time i think I, I tweeted this the other day every time i think that that something is uh, unfolding on the court that that might be the thing we can't overcome i.e london parantis uh you know with the blood-soaked jersey uh we still overcome and we just win basketball games and uh you know i just give so much credit to the to the kids themselves that they just they're, they're warriors and i'm uh, proud of the effort they give each and every night, no matter if it isn't the most beautiful thing in the world right now, offensively, I don't care. Uh, you know, it's not a beauty contest. Just give me the W. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks a lot uh, for everybody for listening. We're going to try to keep doing this once a week. We got some new guests uh, lined up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we appreciate your feedback. Uh, you can follow me at Wahoo basketball. You can follow him at if Tony tweeted and Jeff white, who was with us tonight. I think he's uh Jay white UVA. Uh, if that's incorrect, I'm sorry, Jeff, but uh, I'll make sure to put it out on, on Twitter, uh, your correct handle. Uh, so thanks a lot for joining it's,
1: us. It's at Jeff White UVA. Ah,
0: uh, there you go. All right. I appreciate it. And as always, wahoo wah.